Hi, Sam here, host of People Explained. This week things are going to be a bit different. I'm sharing me being a guest on another podcast. Erin Marcus was previously a guest on the show and now I'm on her podcast talking about how AI is transforming content creation, marketing and business strategies. I'm giving valuable insights on leveraging AI to enhance your entrepreneurial journey and how I'm using AI in my workflow, whether that's in my business, this podcast, and in my future plans to create a mastermind. Hi, I'm Erin Marcus, former corporate executive turned entrepreneur and founder and CEO of Conquer Your Business. Welcome to the Ready Yet podcast. We're excited to bring you more than 100 episodes of interviews and insights designed to help entrepreneurs get the financial and emotional freedom they need in order to build a business and a life they're proud of. All right, and welcome, welcome, welcome to this episode of the Ready Yet podcast, where I'm excited about my conversation today with Sam and I'm going to do it wrong now, Mbada. Yes? That's correct. That's 100% correct. Wrong. I just asked you. It's the pressure. It's the pressure of not wanting to get it wrong. I hate when I get it wrong. But I'm excited for today's conversation because we had a blast. And I can't believe it's been a couple months already since we talked. But it's good timing because you've made changes since then. And I think it's really helpful right now to for the audience to listen to people iterate their businesses. The yeah, market has no, changed, definitely. businesses change. Let's get some real like real time. This is how we do this. This is how we iterate a business. I'm not using this word pivot anymore. It's bull. I'm over it. That's not really what we're doing. We're iterating. We're building on what we learn. But before we get into all that, why don't you give folks a little more formal introduction to who you are and what you do? Well, first of all, thank you, Aaron, for having me on. I do like to be on the other side of the table. You know, being a podcast host is great, but being a guest is even better because there's no pressure. But yeah, so my name is Sam Barter. I am a podcast host, podcast production guy, worked on shows with Vogue, Victoria's Secret, ITV, a lot of different places. They kind of need a guy behind the scenes who knows what's going on, how to edit the audio, how to structure the shows. That's what I've been doing the last three years. But before that, I was a stockbroker. Didn't enjoy it. Too much of a tough environment. I just wasn't you know, built different, as they say. You've got to be built different to be yeah. in a salesy oh. environment. So it's yeah, not even that. salesy. That's I come out of financial, so that's boiler room. Like that's yeah. not sales. That's a whole different and that's a different world. A hundred percent. That's that's where the savages go to live and die. And unfortunately <laughs> for me, I died. So <laughs> I left that, was working in music, and yeah, now I've been in podcasting the last three years. I'm trusted enough by the London Podcast Festival to speak there three years in a row doing kind of workshops, teaching people how to do podcasting, answering specific questions people in podcasting already have. So I'm a bit of like a thought leader, semi-expert in the space, but I don't really like those kind of words. I just know I like podcasting. I do podcasting, had Erin on my podcast, and she made me change my mind about what the podcast could and should be, as well as she took me to a place where I was like, if someone asks me, how can I help you? Why don't I have an answer? That's really stupid. So <laughs> at the end of at the end of my show, you asked me like, how can I help you? And I was like, damn, Erin's successful. Why'd she want to help me? And I was like, what could she help me with? And it got me down this kind of thought process of, I love how my podcast has been going. We're a hundred episodes deep. And now I'm thinking to myself, what's the next step? 
is the next step getting better guests on? Is it kind of going down that rabbit hole or is it like doubling down on the content that I'm delivering to people? And if I'm doing that, how do I do that? What does that look like? And so I've looked into this, this side of doubling down on the content, doing it better. And it looks like giving people business advice for a very specific time in their business journey, that five to six figures. So it's not starting from zero. Starting from zero is easy. There's so much content about starting from zero and scaling up. If you started something and you're building and growing and you're in a similar stage to where I'm at right now, where you're like, do I take on employees? Do I not take on employees? What does it look like when I get to six figures? Am I rich? Probably not. You no. can actually get more out no. of this. Exactly. No. So that's that's kind of where my podcast is going slash gonna be probably by the time this comes out because season one will be a lovely archive of interviews with people like Erin and a few other amazing people. They'll appear on season two as like, you know, guest speaker expert slots, but season two is definitely going to be a lot more deep dives on very specific business problems such as like tech stacks and all that kind of stuff. And what I loved about our conversation, what I want to bring for people right now, and we can walk through it live or you can say, no, I don't want to do that much behind the scenes. (laughs) Ask me something else. But the one, I won't call it a mistake. I'll call it, I don't know. It's a habit. It's a thing most people do is you try, you're trying to decide what to do with something, but you don't know what you actually want to do with it. A podcast Mm. is a tool. It's a tool. And you can use it in a million different ways. So what is the outcome? You know, when I started my podcast, I was using it for networking because it was during COVID and we didn't get to, you know, I needed a way to have real connections with people, right? You can use it to get clients. You can use it to create brand awareness. You can use it, my favorite, you can use it to meet people who otherwise won't talk to you. Because if you just call them, they don't answer the phone. But if you email them and say, hey, can I interview on my podcast? Then all of a sudden, right? So it's what you do with it has more to do with what you want to do after it. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. And for me, the way I thought things would be when I first started, I was like, oh, I'm going to be documenting the stories of these great entrepreneurs and great business owners. And for the first 30 episodes, that was great. I was taking a lot of time out to find the perfect guest. They could all there at this point in their journey. I hope they get higher up down that journey. And a fair few guests, you know, have gone from say 500 subscribers on YouTube to over a million, raised more funding rounds. But then I was like, okay, I've set this goal of getting to a hundred interviews and I was just slogging it out, churning out, you know, trying to find guests every week or, you know, trying to keep my backlog up. And I really did, like you said, I got lost on the end goal. And I was like, I think the end goal is to acquire knowledge and build a network. And then I got really deep on the idea of building an intentional network rather than a big broad network. Mm -hmm. And then I kind of honed in and I was like, right, I need people that are like, not one step ahead of me, five, six, seven, you know, many steps ahead of me that I can turn to with big questions and they can give me the right answer. And that's not based on the fact that they've worked in this field or anything like that. It's just, they know because they're over there. Right. We've, that is, they've been through it. Yeah. Yeah. And and you are one of those people where I was like, right, Erin gets it. Erin's on the ball. She's now, <laughs> she's now, whether she likes it or not, she's in that group of people from that hundred that I'm going to be calling on again for whatever reason to, to hop on and talk about a topic. But yeah, genuinely, it was deciding that the guests wasn't going to work out if I was trying to deliver the best content possible. It was too hit and miss. And obviously there's, you know, there's massive shows out there where they can get the Elon Musk's and the other big business brains. I can't get that. 
I and I couldn't aspire to get that because it just ate up too much time. So I thought I can learn from people that aren't as famous that could be more famous in the future, but also cultivate the fact that I've got a learning here. I've got a, a learning, a knowledge, a new thing I can discover and share with my audience. And so that's kind of what I'm going to be diving down. Different forms of marketing, less of the clickbaity stuff, you know, not going to be pushing courses on FBA or courses on trading. It's more about understanding the key psychology of these areas of business. No, I love it. And and several things that you've done that I think are just so spot on. You didn't throw the baby out with the bathwater. You're like, okay, I'm, I don't like how it's going. You didn't just say, screw this, it's all right. Like so many people do that. They just bail entirely instead of saying, well, this is what I like. This is what I don't like. What do I need to tweak so that more of the bucket of stuff I like, right? Like, what do I need to just adjust a little instead of bailing on your concept? And the other thing you said that's so spot on is you don't need the Tony Robbins, the Gary V's, like the Oprah's, like because the problem with those people is even though they're inspiring you it's hard to learn you know you, you've talked about your target market is people in that five getting to six figures i guarantee if oprah were to come to you with a strategy the person making five figures isn't ready for that strategy exactly they're not ready so use them as your big fancy motivation but they're very hard to learn from because the world they grew their business in doesn't exist anymore that's exactly the thing. And that's why I'm looking for people that are actually doing the thing now. And, you know, say three, four years ago, they were in that five to six figure range. And now they're in the seven figure range. And you'd be surprised. There's so many seven figure, eight figure, even nine figure businesses out there that you've never heard of. But those people are strict on the procedures, processes, and all the systems that get a business going. And it's like, I'm I'm seeing through the matrix. I'm like, how aren't people... <laughs> how are people saying this? I've looked on YouTube and nobody's sharing that knowledge. I'm like, if I were to share that knowledge, I feel like it's going to be valuable to the right person. And yes, that's a small market and it doesn't get the clickbait and it doesn't sell the courses, but it helps people. And that is infinitely more valuable to me than going like, oh, well, look at Elon. He sold this business and then he bought this business and then he came and he did this. And he turned to it to X. That's too pie in the sky. Do you know what I mean, what? that's too far away. It's too far away. It's not usable information. And it's too much. All of the things that you see that market in that realm are, they're actually lies. They're Insta tactics, right? They're just do this one thing. Because nobody, the, the, I did this. <laughs> nobody wants the hard truth of like, this takes work. Mm -hmm. People don't buy hard work, right? They buy easy buttons. Yeah. No, definitely. And, and this is the thing. A lot of the, the guests I've had on that I thought were going to be a gimmick turned out to not be a gimmick. I had this one guy on who, who was like, I'm a marketing expert. I can tell you about it. But, you know, realistically, I have this concept and it's called brain glue. And I was like, OK, I like the buzzwordiness of it, all that kind of stuff. But then he started talking me through it and broke it down. He goes, you know, alliteration, things like this and that, you know, things that are phrases that have been turned. I was like, oh, and yeah, we all know this. But are you aware of it when it comes to your marketing plan? Probably not. And I was like, geez, he's he's got this lovely system. And yeah, he's going out on every podcast he can to promote it and do whatever. But if people are coming to my podcast, they'll know that, oh, okay, let's say January to February, 
he's doing a marketing thing. I'm going to listen to all of that because it's going to be things that I wouldn't be able to hear about. It's not going to be talking about SEO and all that kind of bogged down in the weeds type stuff. It's more stuff to get you thinking in the right way. So when you come to content creation, you go, right, I want to talk about construction. Maybe I should go stand in the middle of a construction site just to be in the right place because the visuals matter as well as the the kind of substance of the content and all these things kind of, yeah, they've piled up over time to the point where I'm like, these are the teachings I need to give to people to help them get to those places they want to get to. So I have a random question for you then. It shifts gears a little bit, but since you're so in the space, how is AI affecting this? What are How you is AI thinking? affecting content creation or podcasting specifically or all, just content creation? All of the above. Like I'll give you, we are using some AI tools to make our lives so much easier when it comes to editing and getting things out quickly, but it's, we found it falls short in content creation to really connect with people. Yeah. So, so AI is actually, I'd say an amazing tool for a creative. They're saying it's coming to take everyone's jobs, everyone's careers. It is not. The great people are going to get better and the rubbish people are going to be like, oh, I guess this is good enough. And that's the problem. People that were maybe going to get to a great level, aren't going to bother because they'd be like, that will do. And there'll be a lot of subpar content and the algorithms and all that kind of stuff that's all in, you know, in behind the code that we don't know about isn't going to eat that up. But there are certain things that are just phenomenal. There's AI enhancement tools for audio. You know, Adobe's got one that you just plug in your audio. It will sound like rubbish. And then it comes out, it sounds amazing. There's clip creation tools which sometimes get it right. Creation, the one that we're using, and I'm going to screw it up so I don't remember the name, but we literally just take the transcription of the podcast and highlight the clips we want for promotional purposes to put out on social. That so you might be using Descript out. or something like yes, that. Yes, Descript, yes. Yeah. So there's so many tools. Hours. Yeah, well, this is the thing. So it's cutting down that long slog of having to sit, watch the video. Okay, cut this, cut that, generate the subtitles. It's like, nope, I just want this whole section there. And there's other tools now, which will kind of go, we think this section's best. Here's the social content. And also here's the kind of caption for it. That saves you so much time. And for the right eye, yes, you've got 10 clips generated. Only four of those might be worthwhile. But even now there's ones that are ranking it as well. Like this could go viral, that could go viral. So, you know, you've got audio enhancement tools, video creation tools, I use ChatGPT quite a lot to write my show notes for my show simply because I do all this research. I write these questions. Now it's time to kind of condense that and get, you know, a succinct thing that can describe what I was talking about without really going too much into detail. So I'm loving ChatGPT. There's a whole bunch of plugins that people have built on top or whole businesses people have built on top. But realistically, I'm seeing AI as as an amazing tool. And realistically, for someone like me who is, classes an audio expert with you know five plus years of experience working with audio i'm in no danger if anything i see these tools i use them and that's about it oh and and to not mention this one would be criminal because it's just something that i've brought into my workflow there's a thing called autopod which is fantastic if you're doing three multi you know three camera multi-cam shoots where you can have one on one person one on another person one on the wide you get your two separate audio tracks and you tell it like, this is speaker one, this is speaker two, connect to the cameras. And it, it just edit, it's, it oh. edits it nicely enough that you can get a decent video out of it. It's not perfect, but it's getting there. So yeah, AI, I'm yeah. absolutely loving I, how it's moving. I love hearing this. And I love hearing this from an expert. And here's what's going to set 
you apart. Like, so if people, if you are listening to this and you are not thinking this way, this is how you're hurting yourself. It would be very easy for you to go, you know, we're doomed. We'll never make it. It sucks because you can feel like it's in competition, but this is, this is progress. This is just how this works. And it's now it's podcasting's turn, whatever's turn for tools to, you know, I remember when Zillow and realtor.com came out, the realtors were like, oh my God, we're all going to go out of business. No, you're not. Your expertise becomes more important. And information is readily available. The, the cheap, easy tools are readily available. And kind of like what you said before, the people at the bottom are just going to kind of go away. But the people who are experts at what they do, teaching strategy, chat UPT is never going to out think your strategy for you yeah no i mean one thing i've always said to people is people go oh chat gpt wrote my whole marketing for the next month or next year i'm like okay so i can go in and write the exact same prompt or a similar prompt now we've got all the same content again the algorithm's going to eat that up and go oh this is disgusting throw right. that away you've got to fill in the gaps what didn't it talk about that you know that you know that your audience wants to hear about then you're really using AI to filter out all the, you know, the mass answers. And you that's what people are missing important. out on. You exactly. become, right? If you use this correctly, this is an opportunity to become more important to your mar market, not less important to your market. Exactly. And if you don't have the skills, go get them. They're readily available. Yeah. Well, it's a lot of people follow trends. And, and the thing is, if you're a market leader, people are always one step behind you because they haven't got the brain that you're using. You know, Mr. Beast goes on podcasts all the right. times and he'll tell you exactly how he does it. Every six seconds, something has to change. Cut like this, cut like that. Make sure your thumbnail looks like this and that. And yes, you can copy Mr. Beast. But when Mr. Beast changes his formula, you're on catch up and he's still at the top of the algorithm. He's still top of your for you page. And that is the problem. We live in a copycat society, and yeah. that is not what AI is here to help you do. AI is here to help break that copycat cycle of you feeding it what you're thinking, and it confirms, yes, I already know this. So if the AI already knows this, it doesn't have creativity. So fill in the gaps. What doesn't it know? That's where you're going to stand out using AI. I hope you're enjoying this episode of the Ready Yet podcast brought to you by Conquer Your Business. With decades of experience, Conquer Your Business creates business and branding strategies that build multiple six and seven figure businesses. And we don't just show you what to do. We have an entire team of people available to help you do it. Strategy and implementation. You can learn more and reach out to us by visiting conqueryourbusiness.com. And just listening to you talk, I can completely understand why you hated being a stockbroker. <laughs> right? <laughs> like this is so this is creation. Mm. This is creating things. Yeah. I mean, when you're stockbroker, you are creating something. You're creating absolute like stupid amounts of value out of nothing. I was selling app stocks in 2015 when apps were all the rage. And I tell you what, the way I was talking to people, it felt like I was, you know what I mean, just freestyling. It was it was a complete kind of waffle fest as opposed to like a knowledge-based thing. Like there was elements of knowledge, but there was also the idea of selling the big dream. So yeah, yeah. stockbroking, there's creativity yeah. in it, but it's, it's, it's bad creativity. You're using it to manipulate people rather than, you know, persuade them per se. Right. Absolutely. And so to me, you know, wrapping this in AI, come out of financial services. And I was in that world when 
information when the internet became as accessible as it is now. And everyone was worried that their clients could get information so easily. And it used to be that professionals were the purveyors of information. And now professionals are the interpreter of information. Exactly. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. When you're able to, you know, use a machine, but also fix a machine when it's broken, that's when you become valuable. Like, yes, we can all, you know, in England, we have these things called boilers, which, you know, heat up the hot water in your house, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. When it, when the pressure goes, okay, you know, release this valve and the pressure goes up when that thing's broken, you have to call the plumbing engineer, the gas engineer. And that's why he gets paid to do the big boy bucks. Yeah. You could jump on YouTube and try to figure it out. But if you mess that up, right? no hot water, <laughs> water spouting out everywhere. You know what I mean? There's a reason why experts exist and they're there for a reason. So yeah, honestly, I think everyone should play around with ChatGPT and have all the fun and laughs. And I'm sure everyone has now, you know, typed in, oh, what about this? What about that? If you really dial in and you go, okay, I run a consultancy business. How can I use AI to make my consultancy business better? I should throw my ideas into it and test it and try to break it. And when you break it or when you get it to a point where it goes, oh, I can't answer that. That's when you know you're onto something because it has limits on it for a reason. People are saying, oh, we need to, you know, rein in AI and all this kind of stuff. I'm like, it's it's not as dangerous as you think it is. You know, the internet is more dangerous than AI itself. And the reason why the internet is more dangerous is because it's mostly run by humans. And right. humans are <laughs> humans are infinitely dangerous. Right. I mean, and and the the exact, you know, Thomas Avedison with the with the electricity and Henry Ford with the car. I mean, these were all massive shifts in how people functioned and nobody would look now and say oh we shouldn't have done that oh yeah well it's like what what henry was it henry ford or whatever his name is the ford guy he said if i asked people what they wanted from horses they said they want faster horses Right. if i would have asked my clients what they wanted they would have said a faster horse exactly exactly and so right now with ai i think we're in this kind of nice kind of bronze age where people are doing it down and they're not really paying attention to the fact that AI will just be in the background of so many other things you use. Google's trying to bring it into Google Docs, which will help you with the writing. You know, even if you have a Google email, it will suggest the next line. That's AI and that's been there for ages. And it helps you. Exactly. So people are just becoming more conscious of what it is. And they're like, oh, it's going to take my job. If anything, you should become more conscious of, is my job valuable? Because trust me, there's, there's machines out there that can do accounting, but there's a reason why you need an accountant because the law needs someone to be liable for these things. You can't say, oh, the machine did it. Interpret it. Right. And interpret it. Absolutely. Right. I mean, the robots were right. The robots were supposed to take all of our jobs and then we were all going to only work part time and go on vacation. Yeah. And yet here we are working two, three and four jobs just to rent apartments in this country. Um, Ridiculous. It is a little nuts. So what is next for you? You you're iterating your podcast. You're embracing AI. What is next for you? What is your growth plan here so you or maybe a few of the guests around the time you were on were like masterminds are amazing you need to be part of a mastermind i was like is there a mastermind that exists for someone like me and then obviously there's the whole podcast mastermind thing i was like i don't need to be part of one if anything i would run one i was like don't really want to run one about podcasting because i I do all bits and bobs and you know I, i i pay my dues in that regard so yeah, it's it's kind of turning the podcast into the top of the funnel for getting people into a mastermind-ish group, but it's a lot more holistic than that. It's going to be business, brain, 
and body. And by body, I don't mean, you know, working out or anything like that. It's the idea of just taking care of yourself, whether or not that's eating well, exercising, whatever. But the whole, the whole idea is without having a healthy body, healthy brain, you won't have a healthy business. So it's not, it's not all fitness focused and it's not in, in any way, shape or form fitness focused, but it's all about getting those 1% tweaks. So if someone joins the mastermind, they're like, I really want to work out, but I don't know how. I'd be like, listen, especially because I'm trying to do it in person. I'd be like, where do you live? Okay, West London. I'll come and walk with you twice a week for an hour and we can talk business at that time. So we're working on your body and your brain and your business. And yes, in the first year, maybe 18 months, it'd be very sweat equity for me. But those success stories that I hope to come from the mastermind will be so powerful that people are like, I need to be in this. And then suddenly they might see the price and everyone else will be, well, I got it last year for you know half that amount, but trust me, it's worth it. I'm rejoining at this price now. So yeah, it's it's using the podcast as the top of the funnel. And you know, I'll be honest with you, I get a few thousand downloads a month. That's mm-hmm. not that many. But as I branch into more video content and start using the YouTube algorithm to get me picked up in that way, that audience will grow and those people fall into the funnel. And again, it's not it's not like you're straight into a sales page. It'll be like into the funnel. Would you like to join the newsletter? No. Okay. That's fine. You can go into this bucket where you just will get an email every once in a while. You know, you'll, you'll tell me where you are in the world. And I'll be like, Oh, I'm in this city. Would you like to meet up? And it's that kind of different funnels for different people. It's using the whole process to create relationships. Exactly. And that, and I, and that is partially the goal I have at the moment, which is to connect with as many people that are thinking in the same way as me over the next three to five years. Totally. And I do love that you've thrown in taking care of your body because what they don't talk about, you know, there, there's all these exercise gurus and fitness and, and mindset people, but what they really don't tell you is there's really only one thing that can completely derail your entrepreneurial journey. And that is a health problem. Yeah. Everything shuts down. There's nothing you can do about it. If you have, if you or a loved one has a finances, we can get a job, mm. right? We can always just go get a job. Yeah. We can always hire more team. But if you have a health problem, if you physically can't do the thing, you're dead in water. Well, it's one of those things as well where I'm not, I'm not here trying to say, you know, are we going to be meditating on a mountain and all that kind of rubbish? It will be very, very small changes. And it's one of those things where I'll be like to you, look, if you want to be part of this mastermind, you have to make some kind of commitment to your body, whether or not that's, you know, you have a healthy lunch every day or something like that. That is the commitment I'm looking for. It's not the whole, we're going to change your life, change your business, right. change this. Have- <laughs> right. It, you know, those aren't sustainable, right? We're not going to go run one of those, you know, mud runs in the <laughs> obstacle course. Well, if you if you look at the most successful kind of weight loss program, it's not all these Instagram gurus and what kind of stuff. It's stuff like Weight Watchers. And you go, why is it so successful? It's the accountability of the community. There's also a financial commitment and there's also tracking. So all of that is sort of brought into what I'm having with my mastermind. I'm not going to be making you step on the scale every week or anything like that. I'd be like, hey, what'd you eat for lunch today? <laughs> like, you know, like a bit like a lunchtime buddy. What'd you eat for lunch today? Okay. Why? It's one of those things where for me, I think taking care of your body looks different to everybody else. You know, if you're in your twenties, sure. Go smash out the gym and do that kind of stuff, whatever you want to do. But if you're over 30 and say you've got children or something like that, you might just want to be able to keep up with your children. And that doesn't require you to be training like an Olympic athlete. 
it might be as simple as just stretching every day. And, you know, I, I've got connections and people that are doing, you know, remote or in-person yoga classes, but not all just stretching based is also breathing based, which is sort of holistic. But it's one of those ones where I won't be doing this kind of stuff. I'll just be pointing you in the right direction and bringing in the right people at the right time to get you where you need to be. And also kind of, you know, maybe taking a sly commission out of that. You know, if the thing costs $50, just now I made 10 on the back end. What can I do? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> totally fair. Totally fair. So if people want to continue this conversation with you or they happen to be in London and want to meet you in person at your mastermind, because I know you're doing it in person at this point, what is the best way for them to get a hold of you? The best way to get a hold of me is on LinkedIn. Unfortunately, we haven't got the website set up yet, but LinkedIn. So Sam. Uh, that's my first name. Last name is Mbata. M-B-A-T-H-A. You can't miss me. White t-shirt, big beard, no hair, black guy. <laughs> I'm from Chicago, dude. That's not as unique <laughs> Do you know what it is? My name is so common in South Africa. It's like my last name is Smith and my first name is obviously Sam. So it's just, it's far too common. But yeah, LinkedIn, Sam Mbata. M-B-A-T-H-A. Awesome. And we'll make sure we have the links for everyone in the show notes. Lovely stuff. Thank you for your time, your energy, all your information and your enthusiasm. You know, I love it. And the open mindedness about things are not coming for your job. They're here to help you. So thank you. Thank you for spending time with me. Thank you very much, Erin. Thank you for listening to People Explained. New episodes come out every Monday. We would appreciate it if you gave us a review on Apple Podcasts and shared this episode with a friend. 